0: Scuba Obsessed, the weekly podcast, we talk about all things scuba diving, from cool new gear to places to dive, and scuba new news. Scuba Obsessed episode 478 is recorded live, January 14th, 2021. Back to Scoob obsessed. It's time Darren Gilson, coming to you from the southwest. By a great stick in Michigan, where I think it's a slight repeat from winter today. Enjoy this week. Back to How have tried. Good
1: evening. very during my Indian summer. Yeah, is it? Got, got in the high 40s. Or 40s. Oh, I yeah.
0: I didn't even see that. I just I just know that uh my packed driveway is starting to melt a little bit. It's, it's,
1: I got really a lot of reverb on that, so I didn't catch it.
0: I was asking how the ice is doing on the in Atlantic. Was it going away? Uh,
1: I did a photo shot. I went around and got a couple of pictures. Uh, Pawpaw Lake was getting it both on Outlet Bay, uh, out around to the point. majority of it wasn't, and it's pretty thin. Uh, Little Pawpaw, almost totally frozen. Uh, Magician, probably 80%. Uh, Round Lake, 90%. Dewey Lake, zero, which is like, what the hey? Uh, let's see what else we got out there. Um, Singer Lake was nice, nice ice cover. So, yes, we're getting ice. Uh, the river, only on the river banks and the dead heads. Like if you're at Merrimont, you go downstream to the right-hand side where it splits off and you get the Dwajak Creek comes in. There's that one dead-headed place that's icing up. But uh, we may have some ices. And if you don't mind, like we did years ago, going out to Pawpaw and cracking it a little bit, we could go out there, put a line on the pier, and go out that way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we, we did that. It's It seems like just. Yesterday, but it feels probably about seven, eight years ago when we went and did that.
1: That was when Dave Faulkner was still here. Remember, he'd been in Florida for yep. years now. Yeah, we did it at his dad's place. But it's getting there. If you go up north, I'm sure you're going to have enough to do a nice dive. And I think that's what the, uh, the thoughts are. If nothing else, I want to get a good uh, class in. So you may have to go up to the middle of the state. Because as you know, it's always colder in the middle of the state. Lansing. It's very cold. Yeah, we do get a lot of moderation. But I was looking at some pictures I took, and if you look at the ones from three years ago, we had really good ice three years ago at this time of year.
0: Yeah, it's 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 been a while I, since we've had some nice ice, that I can remember.
1: I don't think we've been to uh, Lake 16 for ice diving for three years now, isn't it?
0: That's I think three years ago was the last time we did that. The last two years, I know we haven't done any, and then there was a couple of years before before that where we didn't have any. We it seems to go to bands where we'll have two or three years of good, and then it will go two or three years without. But we, yeah, it's been a little bit. i would like to thank everybody who who's jumped in that room. We have Dick Rick, and Eric and Rick are all in there, so thank you very much.
1: If he would only tell us when he leaves, like he does when he comes back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell us when you pass out. <laughs> well, I mean, if he did it right, he'd fall off the chair, and you could hear him. You know.
0: Well, this next story is talking about Coral Shore students are raising money for Reef for a second year in a row. Local teens raised funds for Reef Environmental Education Foundation. Over the holiday season, by wrapping gifts in front of a divers, dry, a divers, divers direct in Key Largo. Got the idea from doing similar three years ago for my band class, said Oshina Gross, organizer of the fundraiser. It felt like a great way to raise money while also making people get in the holiday spirit and not have to worry about their wrapping. I adapted it to organize my own. While she executed the fundraiser by herself in the 2019 holiday season, Gross was. Relieved and grateful to enlist the help of 10 fellow National Honor Society members for this most recent effort. The stellar student was accepted into NHS this past school year. She jumped at the chance to get help and grow her fundraiser. She also told Keys Weekly. Grow Settled Reef for the recipient of donations because the nonprofit is such a large part of our community because the work. It does is integral to the health of the local environment reef aims to conserve the world's oceans through citizen science education and research locally their mission includes well-known fish count surveys line to combat the invasive species on the reef and reef fest an annual celebration <laughs> <laughs> Was a fundraiser. She's always been an artistic perfectionist, so wrapping presents is a lot of fun for her. Randy credited Oceana's learning to dive at an early age, and her daughter's travels with installing in her, her a love of the oceans and desire to protect them. In the end, the teens raised $430 for Reef. Gross concluded, despite current health and safety restrictions, we're able to have an incredibly successful fundraiser and grateful to everyone who brought their presents to be wrapped in my fellow volunteers for lending their time. So nice, nice little bit of money and a good project. I wonder a lot how, of how many of those, yeah. I wonder how many of those uh, people who are helping to wrap, uh, will eventually become scuba divers.
1: Uh, who knows? At the least, maybe they're snorkelers. Yeah. Step in the right direction.
0: And this one's from BoatInternational.com. Fraser launches the ultimate dive experience—a boat, aboard, oh, aboard U-boat Navigator. A lot of U and boat and stuff in that title. Fraser's launched a new charter initiative, offering the ultimate diving experience on board the 24-meter expedition yacht U-boat Navigator. The deep blue experience is tailored towards avid scuba divers and adventure seeking guests looking to explore underwater world from forgotten shipwrecks volcanoes scattering through the Mediterranean. The 24 meter expedition vessel was built as a offered for charter fresh from the extensive reef in August 2020, completely geared toward the diving experience. New boat navigators Home to not one, but two Triton submarines: one three-person custom-built Triton, three thousand uh, three hundred slash three, the same model used to film BBC's award-winning *Blue Planet*; two, and a smaller one-person Triton three three zero zero one, as a support sub. The vessels also a professional scuba, for all success, including decompression chamber for dive center with gas and capability, wet diving bell, hydraulic crane. There's a 5.7 uh, six guest plus between double master suite, two twin cabins, a crew of six uh, on hand, including fully qualified all and fresco dining area, allowing guests to make most of the weather during the charter. Well, light filled main saloon provide a perfect spot to kick back in a day exploring the seabed. Did I read that right? Or is uh, did they, Are they talking new dining? <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is that interpreting what alfresco is supposed to mean? Or is that just a flavor? I'm not, a little puzzled. Uh, U-Boat Navigator has managed to charter Fraser and will be available all year in the Mediterranean it can be booked by the month, week or day with price on application i think it comes down to if you have to ask you can't afford it because just just think the crew you've got full-time crew of six
1: oh yeah what i did is i went ahead and posted a couple of pictures of what that boat looks like the sub submersible uh, first picture i posted was at free and you can see the nice little bubble three people in it then the second shot was a of It's still on the surface, but going down with the support boat way in the back. And then the third shot is with a support boat. And then the last shot is the boat I'd like to have and the accoutrements with that boat. So if you look at it, you see what I'm talking about.
0: So what what's preventing you from buying that last boat then?
1: Uh, well, if I win that $720 million Mega Millions, uh-huh. I might have a chance at some of that.
0: Yeah, that might be the down payment. <laughs> well, I could maybe afford
1: to go for a ride or something, you know. I had the shekels.
0: Wonder would they would they bring it to the Great Lakes? Could they?
1: Hey, you got the money; to will take it anywhere you want. I bet I
0: Bet yeah, they would. It, it, I didn't it, get it, the
1: exact. I didn't get the exact depth of that boat, of or the, or the uh, sub. Did yours, did you see the exact depth of it or not? Did the, they say what they did? The
0: 3,300?
1: Yeah, dash three.
0: Yeah, I didn't see, they, did they? I don't think they talked about in the article how deep it is, but when we've covered oh. that one before, you I mean, you're quite a bit down there. Yeah, we can find out.
1: Well, not a major, I just... It's curious, I couldn't remember
0: yeah i'm I'm for some reason, I'm thinking a couple thousand feet So here I go, the great big book of everything loading it up some of the recommended searches was how much does it cost uh, the meters three. Uh yeah, a thousand meters or three hundred uh three
1: thousand three hundred feet. Oh it could pretty yeah, it could do pretty pretty good here in Lake Michigan or Lake Superior.
0: Yeah. Lake Michigan, we don't we're not that deep. Uh superior, do we have anything down at the thousand
1: meter mark? Well
0: oh, now I gotta have to look back. So.
1: It doesn't go that far. I, you definitely could hit anywhere in the Great Lakes.
0: Yeah, because Lake Superior. What, fourteen, fifteen
1: hundred?
0: Uh, now they're gonna bury it. I was trying to get. Uh, it says the deepest point in Lake Superior is uh, one thousand three hundred feet. So yeah, it could four hundred meters. That'd just be a warm up for that sub. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody could buy me one. I can tell you, You just send, let me know you, you've got it and I'll send you, tell you where you can send it.
1: I don't think I could afford the shipping cost. No,
0: <laughs> no. The, the, I'm, they just have to come here. You know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, certain cars you can't afford to put the gas in them. <laughs> It'd be fun to try. Well, for. I'd-
1: like I said, if you got to ask how much you can't afford it, yeah.
0: Well, th- these guys may be a little bit more reasonable. These are robofish that autonomously form schools and works as a search party. This is on techcrunch.com. Researchers at Harvard's Weiss Inspired Engineering have created a set of fish shaped underwater robots that can autonomously navigate and find each other.
1: I think you dropped out on me there.
0: Did you You're losing me, Mac?
1: Yes, I am.
0: <laughs> hmm.
1: Is everybody else catching you know, capturing it or is it just my connection? I
0: oh, don't know. Was I breaking up?
1: You were quite a bit out for me. You got that reverb and then I'll lose you and then eventually you come back in and then you sound good, so I don't know if it's me or not. Maybe somebody out there can tell us.
0: They're saying Discord's having some problems. So, oh, they said not Mac. So it must be me this time around. Can you hear me now?
1: I can hear you this second, but up until you just said, Can you hear me? I didn't hear nothing.
0: Yeah. I just, I just switched off my, I moved from one internet connection to another.
1: I said, I can hear you now when you're talking, obviously.
0: Okay. I was trying something else, but-
1: From what you were talking about on that little robot, I was looking at a different one and I'm gonna post that one real quick. And you can go to that one yourself too, TechCrunch. It's like, I'm looking at this photo, this video, it's a new robot created by researchers at Northwestern University, and they say it looks and behaves like a tiny aquatic animal. And then, But when they tell, start telling me it could serve with a variety of functions, including moving things place to place, catalyzing chemical reactions, delivering therapeutics, it's like, say what? You got to look at this picture, so that's why I posted the, the site in there. It said, uh, and I'm looking at it, the new uh, soft robot honestly looks like a heck of a lot like a lemon peel, split up, and it's made 90% of water for its soft exterior with a nickel skeleton inside that can change its shape in response to magnetic fields. Now, I just look at that, and I have no clue on God's green earth how they make that work. But I'm thankful there's a lot more smarter people out there than I am. But uh, this one here in itself is worth a look at. So if anybody sees that on the, on the, you know, I've just posted it out there. Take a look at it real quick, because I think you're going to find it interesting.
0: Yeah, I'm, 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 I won't load the whole article, but I've…
1: Uh... But you see what I'm talking about, that yeah. first part? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, if, when you consider I'm looking at the one that looks like a fish and does all sorts of stuff, and this guy here is like no moving parts. Mm-hmm. That's freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, we're we're starting to see robotics do things, and I think they, this is one where they call it soft robotics.
1: I always think it's interesting when you look at the discussion when people have uh, artificial intelligence. It's like... Is that really a good thing? Because it'll be, such a, it'll be analytical, and it won't let emotions dictate its responses.
0: Hmm. I, so, I think that's going to advance quite a bit more.
1: Well, it, the, the theory was it was also saying once you develop the um, artificial intelligence, then it in itself can develop its own system of enhancing its intelligence. The question was, how far can it go? when it has the facilities to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And some people think that's good. Some people think that could be very, very bad for humans. (laughs) So I I suppose the bottom line is always know where to pull the plug.
0: Yeah, Derek's saying that that's where we end up with Skynet.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's funny, though, how... You know, you look at Jules Verne. How many years ago was that? Talking about going to the moon, rockets, blah blah blah. Oh gosh, it's like that
0: was eighteen hundreds.
1: So you're talking about yeah, Skynet could be there. And and realistically, if you get emotions out of it, a lot of the solutions computers come up with are very good, but not necessarily for some humans (laughs) (laughs) that are old or weak or whatever. That That are underwater, they're just going leaps and bounds.
0: Well, I mean, one of the the advantages that we have is if technology is getting better and lighter and smaller and cheaper, everybody kind of builds on everybody else's innovation, so We're just exponentially increasing our knowledge and ability to do some of these tasks. One of the last articles we have this week is a forensic, uh, I said forensic. Oh, it is. It's a forensics detective launches new oxygen analyzer for scuba diving. So the scuba oxygen sensor is built using a high quality Honeywell oxygen sensor. And uh, this is really done as a press release. Palos Verdes, Peninsula, California. Scuba diving has performed best and the diver has qualified equipment accessories that it can rely on. Leading air quality experts understands this well. The company recently announced the launch of its latest product, oxygen analyzer scuba diving model O2 box. The new scuba analyzer is versatile, rugged, and made through specifications determined after forensic detectors develop prototypes with experts in scuba community to see how their needs could be best met and improved while undertaking oxygen measurements for scuba tanks, Test and verification. We knew we could answer the call for top oxygen analyzers, nitrox analyzers for scuba diving, Dr. Kaz, founder and chief engineer at Forensic Detectors, said. What was very important to us was not just to move forward in our knowledge as air quality experts, but also to get input from scuba diving hobbyists and technical divers. The end result is a product that we're extremely proud of. We think scuba diving world is going to love our scuba analyzer. According to the company, some highlights of the model's benefits include extremely accurate electrochemical oxygen sensor made by the Honeywell with an O2 reading, less of an error of 0.2%. Detection range of 0% to 100% with 0.1% resolution. The unit comes with a durable waterproof case. Product is backed by a one year guarantee. The Scuba oxygen analyzer currently available direct from forensic detectors. Company says it's now developing a low carbon monoxide analyzer product to help with Scuba safety. So, what do you think something like this is? costs one hundred
1: and ninety-five dollars originally they were selling them at 279 or 280 bucks but right now they're on sale for 195 and i'm looking at the ad for it so nitrox scuba oxygen mixer looks pretty decent
0: yeah $200 is about what i think something like that should go for
1: i was looking at the aspects to it. it said uh, analyzer can be calibrated to air in less than two seconds with one button calibration. Uh, let's see what it said else about it. Uh, attached to the case, water-resistant ABS carry case and a couple of six inches of silicon for uh, tubing for direct O2 generator connection. Works with uh, three AAA batteries. Battery operates continually for over a month, continuous. Um, and for periodic use, a year. It says the centralized, this is what I was curious about, centralized was three years. And that seems pretty good when you start looking at what some of the guys are telling us the rebreather sensors have to replace at some frequency. I thought they were talking it had to be replaced more often than three years.
0: Um, I think it was more often than three years. Um, and it it's probably... a. Partially up to the manufacturer. They want to stand behind. Also depends on your certification. I think certain certifications require could require more often replacing. Yeah, but this is the type of equipment. It seems that they do. I mean, they have all sorts of different gas detectors.
1: Yeah. Now they said it hasn't been approved by the uh, FDA, and they mm-hmm. quoted some Section Five Ten. And I was trying to figure out what that actually meant. I mean, what's involved in an FDA? Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's the Food and Drug Cosmetic Act requires device manufacturers must register and notify FDA of their intent to market a medical device at least 90 days in advance. Would you call that a medical device? Uh
0: I, you need a medical device if it didn't work right. <laughs> so I think because it's going to be safety related, you're, you're using the information it provides to determine a health setting. Cause I mean, your partial pressure and everything is going to be dependent on what reading you got into what your max step will be.
1: What if I were going to look at my oxygen content for an oxacetylene or something? That's not medical.
0: Right. I I think the, probably curious. that it's probably because of how they're marketing it. Well, I, I,
1: if it's a class one device, it's a device. It's out here. Class one device means a device that is not life-supporting or life-sustaining. So it in itself is not that, but yeah, it's interesting the wording they had for that. So I'm just curious, why it was considered medical?
0: Yeah, I'm looking through the reviews on this. They've got uh, some reviews, and a couple of them are talking about that it's a good device, except that you have to be careful because it's easy to get the buttons pressed and it will drain the batteries. But they're saying as far as quality, that they that they like it and trust it.
1: That's always really yeah. good.
0: Yeah, in fact, uh, of these six reviews, three of them are talking about the batteries dying. Uh, It says, it does what I expected. The only problem is that when it's closed, the case foam turns the device on. I would recommend you remove the battery before storing it. Another one says, the product works well. The only complaint is the buttons get pressed when not used straighten the batteries. I wasn't sure about the unit because there are no reviews. After testing three separate nitrox uh, scuba tanks, both 32 and 36 percent gases i trust the action analyzer to test my scuba gases in the future however my batteries kept going dead quickly i realized the case was turning it on
1: yeah i see that now i looked at that one well i'm looking at the reviews too nothing was less than a four no you got well well of course you only got six reviews so four were fives and uh, two were fours so i gave you a 4.6 average but I can see that. And I've had items that when you close the case on something like that or protective enclosure, you got to be careful where that foam insulation hits your buttons. Yeah. Been there before.
0: Well, and it, and it sounds like that. Just looking, they've got three buttons on the front. If it's in a foam case, you could kind of open that up a little bit so that yep. wouldn't open it. Let's well, just carve that little case. section out. Yeah. Yeah. Their case is probably not their strong selling point on that. They're trying to keep it economical um, yeah. but I know from robotics and looking at some of the electronics, sensors are getting really inexpensive. I mean you can get moisture sensors, temperature sensors, all this stuff that's at uh, accuracy levels that would have been considered scientific equipment you know a decade ago
1: I' have been there before we had um I, I was working years ago, at Enrico Fermi on the radiation monitoring equipment, and they had, it was a 10 year period between the time they bought the equipment and when they were able to install it. So when we did the pre-operational testing on it, it would not meet the specifications identified into the specs. And it's like, now why is that? I mean, it's been in storage, it works fine. It's the improvements in the quality of the test instruments that the noise levels, they just made an arbitrary one because nobody could detect it back then, <laughs> and in ten oh. years, the new equipment would pick that up, and it's like, oh shoot! Now what do we do? Yeah, <laughs> but it was quite interesting, and that was the evolution of the electronics.
0: Yeah, yeah, because i I've, like, I've, yeah, like cause I'll, I'll, I'll follow. You know, a, a good website is uh, adafruit.com dot com if you like playing with electronics, and they'll have sensors, and you'll see they'll they'll talk about it they do a little like a little podcast or video and they'll mention this sensor and then 6 months later they'll talk about another one they go yeah that one we had uh you know this one has twice the accuracy so that they it's always a game of you know do you when cuz when you're making a larger appliance do you want a 5 cent sensor a 2 dollar sensor or a 20 dollar sensor so it's all about sure. what you want to pay
1: Yeah, and once you have it, you can always improve on what you have. It's coming up with that first one that's always – because how many revs do you have of something? Dozens and – you can have dozens and dozens. But the key item is somebody had to make that first one.
0: Yep. So that does it for Scuba in the News. I I traveled. I I was – abusing my truck in mountains (laughs) this last week coming back. uh, Do you know if anybody got any diving in?
1: Not that I have heard. I had planned on it getting out this week, but Larry and I just did not make it. So we still got another couple of weeks and we're going to hit the river though. I mean, that's down. The current's not there. Not going to have any snow runoffs, but what the heck might as well hit the river. Yeah. If if I had enough people, I'd like to do a drift dive again from up by the initial boat launch down from the paper dam back to Maramont. Maramont. But again, I need to take a maybe 100, 120 with me because I'm always dorking around looking for stuff. And an 80 doesn't get me there unless I just float.
0: Yeah. The chat room's requesting uh, warm saltwater photos, but I don't think we're going to have any of those. Up here, yeah, not us
1: anyway. Yeah. Now, some of those guys out there, and who are down there in the uh, Australian areas, might because yes. it's like some there, it's been quite hot there.
0: Wow, I mean, hopefully by the time this gets edited out, uh, the pandemic's in much better shape. But I, I was seeing something that Australia, they were requiring them to, to lock up for the weekend. You couldn't even go out. Is that what's happening? We'll see what the chat room does. they
1: They had something like that.
0: Yeah, it was like uh, Friday, come home, <laughs> don't go anywhere. You, can, you on Monday, you're released. So it's like jail. Yeah, uh, he, the Derek saying that uh, capital city had a three day lockdown. Wow, it is we're, definitely we're, crazy. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Uh, yeah, diving has been a little bit light here, Uh, and travel, I don't know a lot of people who've been hitting planes or anything in a while.
1: None of the people I know have been, but then again, there's a lot of people who have, but I'm just hunkering down. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm getting emails from Southwest almost every day saying, hey, one way for $39.
1: Yeah, I get it from Elegant or Allegiant. Yeah.
0: Allegiant. Yeah, they'll, uh, yeah, they, they've got some good prices. It's just,
1: I mean, dirt yeah, cheap. Of,
0: yeah. Well, they, they're they probably getting to the point where you can't cut much more staff without just about destroying your company. And yep. everybody's got to be trying to weigh, of, you know, when do they think it's going to pop up? Because if you think it's going to be coming back, you need to be ready for when it does. Because, um, I was just talking tonight the the with people.
1: I was gonna say I was just ready for whenever they say, "Hey, if you want a co-pilot, come on in. We we'll cut your price to zero. That way, I can just wear an oxygen mask the whole time. I'd be good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll be in front of the plane, guys. Come on, I go open up a window, have that fresh air come on in. Yeah. I'd fly that way. <laughs> well, I've signed up. The uh, they're doing it at uh, Myers, for example. If you get a script, they'll ask you, "Do you want to yeah. sign up for the list when it becomes available?" Because they'll be giving them there, and then uh, if you go through um, Lakeland, you'll go through, fill out their questionnaire for it. So when it's available, based on your Answers to their survey is when they'll give you a call and say this is now available for you.
0: Yeah, I've I've been following a lot of different uh, uh, groups. The you know the county and the hospitals and everybody and they're trying to be proactive and let everybody sign up, but they're all basically saying we don't have the doses yet. So I think they're just trying to give people, a little bit of something to do to feel like they're kind of lining up, but they don't know when they're going to get them. Well, give them a head count of who wants it. Oh yeah. Well, I, th- I, th- I think, I think once we do get the doses, it's going to go pretty quick because it doesn't take long uh, to get a shot.
1: And a lot I mean, of people, they're worried about, well, what's the long-term effects? We don't know yeah. because it's brand new. It's like, yeah, but when you're as old as some people. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not going to worry ten years down the road. That that's not an issue. Yeah, mine is the next two or three.
0: Well, and that's kind of like you know, my daughter, who's a healthcare worker. She actually turned it down because she didn't know what the long term effects would be. Yeah, you know, she's at yeah. childbearing years and stuff, and she didn't want to find out that you know, 15 years from now, she is sterile or something. So. Uh, yeah. You know, it's unlikely, but she didn't think it was worth taking the risk.
1: And again, at, at, if I were that age, I probably would not. Yeah. Because the chances of you having something really, really bad, comparatively speaking, is very small. Yeah. And I can understand that aspect, but a lot of people ain't that age. No. No,
0: I mean, I, I'm going to be, I wasn't going to be week one. But I'm at the point now, by the time they'll get to me, I'll just take it. I'm not, I'm not worried. Oh, Eric's saying his wife gets her second injection Wednesday. That's great. Well, that's the other thing I was worried about is with all the monkeying around, everybody was going to do it. You just see getting the first shot and then the second shot doesn't hit in the window they want. And you have some saying, oh, it has to be at this time. And then others were stretching it out a little bit. I've also heard something not to scare anybody, but I was I was hearing there are some people who are getting their second shot saying the first one was fine. The second one gave them diarrhea like crazy.
1: It's cleaned out the system. You know, the other part they say, well, it's not a big deal. Let the old people die. Well, you know, 34% of the American population is over 65. Yeah. Now I now you want to do some reduction in force, hey, go for it. Social security to be saved. You know, (laughs) for a while. (laughs) You know, medical people are going to be out of a job because they don't have all these people to take care of. Nursing homes are going to go out. You're going to have unemployment in the medical field like crazy. But seriously, 34% of the population is over 65 or over. Yeah. That's why it's important, people.
0: Yeah, but I, I, I think this is going to pick up. You know, we're still just on the Pfizer vaccine. We got Moderna coming and the Johnson & Johnson, and I don't think it'll be too much longer, and we'll see another two or three more.
1: Now, which one do you take?
0: Well, I mean, the, the if you don't want to be the first, then you do the Pfizer one because that's the one that's been out the longest. Yeah. Moderna is a similarly made one. It's the mRNA Johnson and johnson uh theirs I believe is the uh dead virus uh, so i don't I don't know, I think you're probably okay with with any of the three, honestly.
1: Let me put it this way. I hope to hell that's true <laughs>
0: <laughs> well yeah, yeah, well, the second and third one we haven't seen any wide scale, but you know we're we're past i think just in the u s past ten million doses on the Pfizer.
1: Yeah. I, I know I'm not really anxious to go and try the Russian one myself, but I'm sure no. that's available for some people. Woo-hoo.
0: Yeah. we well, get the Russian and the Chinese.
1: Yeah, Cause that's been out there a longer time.
0: The yeah, Chinese had theirs for a while, but if the Chinese is working so well, why are they, they lock back down and making me think that they, theirs didn't go so good. Well, Hopefully. So far as I know, I haven't gotten it yet. So, I'd like to avoid any potential lung damage.
1: I've had three friends who have had it, and they're all over seventy, and they all came out fine. They had bad cases of the flu, but that was the exception, I think.
0: Okay. Well, you do. Do you have a dive safety story for us this week?
1: Well, actually, I do. Actually, I do. Uh, It's appropriate for us because it has to do with ice diving. Experienced scuba diver dies under the ice. Surface of the lake had nearly frozen over, meaning the edges were pretty thin and it really wasn't thick out in the middle. So they decided to go diving. In spite of the dry soup he was wearing and the drills they were conducting, Tom was getting tired and cold. He wasn't sure why, but he was getting dizzy. Tom signaled to his buddy Steve that they'd had enough, it was time to head to the surface. Steve agreed and began his ascent. Tom never made it. The Diver At 43, Tom was an experienced diver with technical and rescue certifications. He was part of the local volunteer fire department's dive team, which was occasionally called on to dive in the local lake to recover bodies or evidence from crimes. The Dive the volunteer team was considering purchasing new dry suits and they had agreed they needed to try out the gear in real conditions before they placed an order. Tom and fellow diver Steve took a several dry suits to the lake to get a feel for the ones that would best meet their needs. They planned to practice the same search and recovery drills in each of the suits to get a side-by-side comparison. When they showed up to the lake, it was mostly covered with ice. Since Tom and Steve had planned to stay near the shore and away from the ice, they decided not to use a buddy line with the surface tender. There wasn't anyone to call on short notice, and they wanted to get the evaluation done. They'd been working, meaning trying to find a body or other evidence in the water. Their dive team protocols required them to have extra divers on site to provide surface support and diver backup. At least one diver would have been on standby, fully geared up and ready to enter water at a moment's, moment's notice. Since they were testing gear, Tom and Steve decided this was more like a recreational dive, and they didn't need the extra support. Since they were using borrowed gear, the divers didn't trim the necks and wrist seals of the suits to fit. They used them just the way they arrived. Neither man experienced to go very deep while they tested them. The accident. Tom and Steve were testing four dry suits, diving between 20 and 30 feet with each. Since they were underwater only for four, a short stints, returned to the surface between drills they didn't keep track of their bottom times. As they wrapped up testing their final dry suit, Tom signaled to Steve that it was time to call it a day. Steve agreed to begin swimming towards the shore while he ascended. The last time Steve turned to look at his buddy, he saw Tom following him. Steve made it to the surface, but Tom didn't. The last dive had taken them closer to the ice than anticipated, and since they swam horizontally during the ascent, Steve realized they were likely under the part of the ice for the part of the last drill. Steve searched briefly for Tom from the surface, scanned the water for signs of Tom's bubbles, but couldn't see anything because of the ice. He then submerged, trying to get a glimpse of Tom's dive light, but the water was murky, no sign of his buddy. Steve was getting cold, running low on air. He knew he couldn't make an effective search by himself. He returned to the surface and called for help. As quickly as they could, the remainder of the dive team arrived organized the search. But they knew from experience that after the delay, finding Tom alive in the cold water was nearly impossible. Tom's body was covered the next day. It was under the ice. The analysis. Dry-suit divers keep warm by wearing undergarments of varying thickness dependent on the dive and inflating the suit to provide a layer of warm air around their bodies. The suits are tremendous tools for diving in frigid conditions, but they don't provide immunity from the elements. Even with a dry suit, it's going to get cold. Just like diving in a cave or shipwreck, ice diving comes with its own set of perils. Being in an overhead environment where it's not possible to make a direct ascent to the surface requires precautions. In this case, Tom and Steve should have postponed the dive until they were able to get surface support, either other divers or beachmasters, to keep an eye on them and help them in case of an emergency. There also should have been a buddy line in place connecting the divers to the beach. Had that been the case, when Tom didn't make it to the shore, the beachmaster could have pulled him to the surface using the buddy line. After covering Tom's body, the rescue uh, team examined his equipment. They determined that Tom's neck and wrist seals were too tight, putting pressure on the carotid arteries. Since uh, the carotid arteries supply blood to the brain, and that blow flow is monitored by the carotid sinus receptors. The body closely regulates the amount of blood heading to the brain to ensure an adequate supply of oxygen. Blood pressure is low, person's heart rate increases to deliver more blood, blood pressure is high, heart rate decreases. Any time a person's neck is constricted by something that is too tight, like a tight-fitting hood or dry-suit neck seal, it can simulate high blood pressure in the body. When the carotid sinus receptors sense this pressure increase, they send a signal to the brain, to the heart, to slow down, lowering the blood pressure to avoid damage to the brain. This reaction is called the carotid sinus reflex, and the unexpected lowering of blood pressure and slurring of the heart cause dizziness and even unconsciousness. Therefore, blood drop, a drop in blood pressure underwater, especially when someone is exerting energy, attempting to swim to the surface, spells trouble. Especially if they get to the surface and it isn't there because they're blocked by eyes. The strategy might have been adverted if Tom and Steve had taken the time to trim the neck and wrist seals in the dry suits, even if it cost some money to replace them. More than that, if the divers had used surface support, followed their own department protocols for ice diving, Tom more than likely would have survived. And you and I have both been out there in the ice, in skim ice. You know, you can always break through it. Well, you know as well Mm -hmm. as I do that if, if you can't put your feet on the ground, and punch up with your tank. You can't throw it when you're out and free diving and can't touch the bottom, even in skim ice. So when we went out, we had lines from the docks with us to wherever we went. That could have saved their life.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, it just comes down to, uh, you know, with, with ice, it really changes you know, you have to take extra precautions. And on top of that, they were diving gear, you know, gear they weren't experienced with. They really needed some support.
1: Right. They said the end of it was lessons for life. Prepare for the dive. If you do not have the proper support or equipment for the conditions, don't make the dive. Follow the rules. Divers in this case were prepared for the cold, but their dry suits were not adjusted to them personally. And the other one is listen to your body. Don't attempt to gut it out and finish a dive if you aren't feeling well, if you're freezing, if you're cold, if you're likely getting dizzy. Get the hell out of the water. So with that coming up, those are some of the items that we need to make sure we attend to. Don't take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. That's like diving without a bailout, in my estimation. Yeah. You got air, you got time.
0: Yep. I'd we'll like to thank everybody who's been listening to the program. You want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at Scoob Obsessed. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Scoob Obsessed. You can visit our website, com, And uh, if you're getting any value in the program, we certainly could use your support. Click on over to our Patreon link and $3 or more will get you early access to the show notes. And then I'm I'm still working on some stuff. I was hoping to have it. I am need to get caught up on the episodes as well. I do have new intro and outro music we'll be having with this season. So this episode, the previous episode, will most likely have a little bit new music. And part of the reason for that is I needed to secure rights that would make YouTube happy. Because we'll start doing some stuff on YouTube as well.
1: So good. When
0: it, yeah, when that when that happens, we'll let everybody know, but we we'll, we could use the followers on YouTube because that helps with the a logarithm and then we'll also be doing some other platforms. But moving to doing more with video, and uh, preparing to do some live streaming. I think that's something that I'm not seeing much in the dive community is live streaming. So that will be my technical project for the spring. Right now I've got high school robotics. We just did the kickoff this last weekend. uh, And there's nothing like a crazy robotics in a pandemic to keep you (laughs) trying to figure things out. So a little bit different this year.
1: Stay no away from the kids.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well yeah. I've I I've been I keep my distance. I got the mask on. I got my social distancing. Uh because they even when they're social distancing, they're not.
1: Yeah, tell me about it.
0: So well, do you have anything you want to plug before we get on out of here?
1: Not at this time, uh, hopefully the the weather's going to stay pretty decent. We're not going to get any major blizzards, and I know that's getting daylight quicker. I'm happy with that, yeah, uh, I haven't had to shovel too much snow, so hey, that's not too bad. life is good
0: yeah, I'm over the same thing i've got my my first world problems is that uh these new Amazon drivers are scared of my driveway, so they they haven't been heading up the driveway they've been claiming that it's it's too snow-packed. I'm like, what are you talking about? My wife's car can make it out. You guys can drive in. But Okay, so you ready for that time of the show? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Late one night, a man is driving down the road, speeding quite a bit. A cop notices how fast he is going and pulls him over. The cop says the man... Are you aware of how fast you were going? The man says, oh, yes, I am. I'm trying to escape a robbery I got involved in. The cop gives him a skeptical look and says, were you the one being robbed? The man casually says, no, I committed the robbery. The cop looks shocked that the man admitted this. So you're telling me you were speeding and committed a robbery? Yes, the man calmly says, I have loot in the back. The cop begins to get angry. Sir, I'm afraid you're going to have to come with me. Cop reaches the window to subdue the man. Don't do that, the man yells fearfully. I'm scared of you. You'll you'll find the gun I have in my glove compartment. The cop pulls out his hands and says, wait here. Cop calls for backup. Soon cops, cars, helicopters are flooding the area. The man is cuffed quickly, taken towards the car. However, before he gets in, the cop walks up and says, while gesturing to the cop that pulled him over, Sir, this officer informed us that you had committed a robbery, had stolen loot in the trunk of your car, and a loaded gun in your glove compartment. However, we found none of these things in your car. The man replies, yeah, and I bet you he told me I was speeding, too.
1: Oh, that's a good one. Yeah.
0: That, that's a little forward thought, isn't it? Oh, yeah.
1: A little ballsy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't know if I want to be roughed up that much, though.
1: Who do you believe then?
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't ever want to get pulled over by that cop again. I think he's a little. He's gonna be a little upset. Yeah.
1: Well, you know the way the We're not gonna get into that. Never mind. (laughs) I'm gonna go off. Yeah. So, I'm not gonna stir the pot.
0: (laughs) No, no pot stirring so until next time go out there and get wet and
1: stay safe
0: Oh, Craig which
1: is, some, is sometimes easier said than done because we all know better but quite often